Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. He's still out there. He's on the loose. Leon Ruffin. The guy that pepper sprayed that JPSO officer and then stole the car, drove to the West Bank, Algiers, and then dished the car. And now last place we saw was a Chuck E. Cheese. Isn't that right? What the hell are you going to Chuck E. Cheese for? Hey, man, no disrespect to Chuck E. Cheese. I can think of a couple places that I would go to get pizza before I go to Chuck E. Cheese. You've been in the clink on a murder rap. You just you just pepper sprayed a cop, stole their car. Don't go get a Chuck E. Cheese? Well, no accounting for taste, Coleman. I would I would go get a, a hamburger or a, a steak. I don't know. I would do something besides Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Well, I, what? Why, you want to go over to Chuck E. Cheese to see where you find that guy? Yeah, what are we going to do? He's playing Cruise in USA or something like that. Oh, yuck. Yeah, yeah we'll, split a, we'll split a Paul pizza, a small pizza. They have beer there, don't they? I haven't been to a Chuck E. Cheese in like 30 years. I have no idea what they do in there. Okay. Well, they definitely should if they don't. Um, we're going to do the news bomb in just a second, but I want to grab Dave and Slidell, who's been waiting very patiently to speak about those frozen embryos. Dave, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Dave. You're on the air, bud. Hello. Hi. You're on the air, sir. Go ahead. What you want to say? Oh, uh, talking about this embryo being children. Yeah. I'm just curious if, uh, does that mean if someone's got, you know, four or five embryos somewhere that they can take them off on their tax return? <laughs> and, uh, They're dependents. Yeah, they are. And they also, can't work. Like, if you want, if you want to, you know, like get some money from the, for, you know, well, not welfare, but food stamps and all. I guess they got to be counted there, too, even though they're not eating so much. Yeah, you know, I got to guess they probably don't go through a lot of food, the frozen embryos. I guess it's probably pretty easy to, to feed that family, right, Dave? Yeah. Well, I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're probably also pretty good kids. You know, don't raise a lot of ruckus. Don't uh, don't make a big mess. So, yeah, and if you want to start a family and do it on the cheap, just have some frozen embryos. Okay, let me scoot over here and get this real quick. You ready to do this, Coleman? 
you know, I kept saying I was going to get like a sound effect for this or something, but I uh, haven't. So I'll just go. Here's the 210 news bomb to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Donald Trump beat Nikki Haley in South Carolina. Now that Donald Trump's made it four in a row with his win in South Carolina, the next contest comes Tuesday in Michigan. I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. But Nikki Haley isn't giving up, saying many voters want an alternative. In the next 10 days, another 21 states and territories will speak. They have the right to a real choice. Meanwhile, speaking for the Biden campaign, Illinois Senator Tammy Duckworth says the president deserves to beat Trump for a second time. He's running for president for himself. That's all he cares about every single day. President Biden, in contrast, gets up every day and works hard to protect the American people. She spoke on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos. I'm Jackie Quinn. Nikki Haley is basically saying that Donald Trump securing the nomination is a sure bet that Republicans are going to lose in the fall. You can't win a general election if you don't acknowledge the 40% of Republicans who are saying we don't want Donald Trump. If you have a candidate that can't win 40% of the vote in the early state, if you have a candidate who can't bring in independence, if you have a candidate that is driving people out of our party, then that is a sinking ship. I think Nikki Haley's probably correct that Trump is going to keep his lock on the Republican base, but he's still not very attractive to independent voters. But Nikki Haley has a plan to bring some new voters into the Republican fold. The focus needs to be on the younger generation because all they feel is the anger, the hatred and the division. They wonder how they're ever going to own a home, get a job, make ends meet and if war is going to break out. So if Trump gets the nomination which it seems inevitable that he will. Super Tuesday, just like Nikki said, is uh, next Tuesday. I don't imagine she's going to carry any of those states or any of the states after that. And the the math, the electoral math becomes impossible for her to get the nomination. Now, Joe Biden at the convention, it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely or probable, but it is possible that at the Democratic convention, Joe Biden can say, thank you for nominating me. I would like to give my delegates to somebody else to Gavin Newsom or J.B. Pritzker or The Rock, I don't know, whoever. He could do that. But I don't think Trump gets all these delegates and then goes to the convention. Maybe Nikki Haley is still campaigning. Maybe Ron DeSantis is still campaigning by the time the Republicans have their convention. I don't think there's any way Trump voluntarily gives that up and says, hey, thank you for nominating me. I'm going to give all my delegates to Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Ted Nugent or whoever. And I don't think there's a legal mechanism either in the RNC or anywhere else. Even if Trump is convicted of one of these felony charges, if something legally between now and then happens that would, you know, mean he cannot be the nominee for president. I think it's too late. And meanwhile, in another sign that Donald Trump is strengthening his grip on the Republican Party, heads are rolling at the Republican National Committee. Under pressure from national leadership, Ronna McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, says she will leave her post on March 8th when the party is holding an event in Houston. McDaniel has become a target of Donald Trump as the GOP presidential frontrunner moves towards an expected nomination and asserts control over the party. Trump says his preference for chair would be for North Carolina GOP chair Michael Watley, a veteran operative focused in recent years on the prospect of voter fraud, and his daughter-in-law Laura Trump as committee co-chair. The RNC has a 160 
68-member governing body that's expected to approve Trump's choices. McDaniel announced her decision in a statement Monday morning, saying she will allow the nominee to select a chair of their choosing. She was a strong advocate for the former president, but has taken blame for the 2020 loss and the party's shortcomings on races over the last two years. Jennifer King, Washington. Uh, On behalf of myself and Coleman, we would like to send our deepest regards to the Republican National Committee. You are now officially Donald Trump's private piggy bank. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are both heading to the United States-Mexico border in Texas on Thursday. AP sources say both President Biden and predecessor Donald Trump will head to the U.S.-Mexico border Thursday. The dueling trips highlight the role immigration will play in the presidential race. People familiar with his plan say the president will head to Brownsville, Texas, where he's expected to meet with border agents about the need for bipartisan border legislation weeks after a deal collapsed in Congress. It's the strongest border deal our country has ever seen. And accuses Republicans of tanking the deal after Trump opposed it. He's been ramping up anti-immigrant rhetoric. They're poisoning the blood of our country. A person familiar with his plan says Trump will be in Eagle Pass, about 325 miles from Brownsville. Sagar Magani, Washington. I will still be on the air on Thursday uh, with Coleman here. We'll keep an eye on that story and bring you the latest. Donald Trump is also officially appealing the $454 million judgment in his New York civil fraud case. His lawyers filing the notice of appeal to overturn the ruling in the state attorney general's case against him, something the Republican frontrunner for president has been using as he continues to campaign for his party's nomination. The level of hatred from these judges, there's no way you get fair trials. The level of hatred from prosecutors. If Trump loses his appeal, he'll have to give up a sizable chunk of his fortune. The judge ordering him to pay $355 million in penalties with interest. That's grown to nearly $454 million. The total increasing by nearly 112000 per day until Trump pays. Julie Walker, New York. Biden, uh, on the other hand, will host the top four congressional leaders at the White House tomorrow to talk about aid for Ukraine and yet another looming government shutdown. An emergency aid package for Ukraine and Israel has passed the Senate, but Speaker Mike Johnson's resisting giving a House vote. Asked last week if he'd talk with Johnson. The Speaker will be among those meeting with the President tomorrow. This is one of those instances where one person can bend the course of history. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told ABC News this week when George Stephanopoulos, Ukraine badly needs the aid to keep fighting off Russia. The administration's also expected to stress the need for legislation to keep the federal government operating. The first tranche of funding will expire Friday, and Senate Chief Chuck Schumer says there's no agreement yet to avoid a partial shutdown. Sagar Mangani, Washington. Now those delays in getting that promised military aid to Ukraine is costing lives, according to, well, Ukraine. As the war against Ukraine enters its third year, the White House is trying to get Congress to approve more military aid. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan agrees with Ukraine's defense minister. They could push back the Russian invasion if they had the military tools they need. There is not a shortage of bravery or courage on the part of the Ukrainians. Right now, there's a shortage of bullets. Sullivan on Fox News Sunday says it's up to Congress to approve the aid to 
ensure that Russia fails in this brutal conquest. South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace on Fox says U.S. aid to Ukraine can't be endless. We've given Ukraine over a hundred billion dollars so far. She's questioning the long-term strategy. This administration is putting the borders of other nations first rather than our own. I'm Jackie Quinn. And turning now to the Middle East, this is pretty wild. An Air Force member has died after self-immolating. He set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. An Air Force member has died after setting himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington. Law enforcement officials believe 25-year-old Aaron Bushnell started a live stream outside the embassy, put his phone down, doused himself in accelerant, and ignited it. A person familiar with the incident tells the AP Bushnell at one point said he will no longer be complicit in genocide. Israel has strongly denied allegations its Gaza military offensive amounts to genocide against Palestinians. The Air Force did not name the airman, saying only that the individual involved in yesterday's incident died last night. Sagar Megani, Washington. Woof. Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu says a ceasefire deal would only delay, quote, somewhat an inevitable Israeli military offensive in southern Gaza. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas would somewhat delay an Israeli military offensive in Rafah in southern Gaza. As negotiations for a ceasefire continue, Israel is nearing the approval of plans to expand its offensive against Hamas to Rafah on the Gaza-Egypt border. More than half the besieged territory's population of 2.3 million have sought refuge in Rafah. Humanitarian groups warn of a catastrophe. Rafah is Gaza's main entry point for aid. The U.S. and other allies say Israel must avoid harming civilians. Netanyahu's office said the army had presented to the war cabinet its operational plan for Rafah, as well as plans to evacuate civilians from the battle zones. I'm Karen Chamas. We'll have more domestic, political and international news for you tomorrow at 2.10. Coming up next, Rachel Fiore is a speech-language pathology instructor at LSU Health New Orleans. What the heck is vocal fry? And is it keeping young women from achieving success in business and academia? I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. We'll step away and take care of a little business. I mean, Hoke sitting in for Scoot. He'll be back on Monday. It's a beautiful afternoon. Go outside, get some sunshine, take a deep breath. Let's kick it. Be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Foster the people! Joining me on the line right now. Rachel Fiore is a speech-language pathology instructor at LSU Health New Orleans. Ms. Fiore, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time today. Thank you so much, Mr. Tucker. It's great to be here. How are you? No, I'm Ian Hoke. Tommy Tucker's on in the morning. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Look, I I wanted to... Look, honorifics are important to me. I want to make sure I'm addressing you correctly. Professor, doctor, what do I do here? So I just became Dr. Fior about a month ago. Dr. Fior. Okay. Uh, Not Fiore. Dr. Fior. Got it. Okay, great. All right. Well, now that we've gotten introductions out of the way, Rachel, (laughs) nice to speak with you today. Um, uh, Can you provide a brief explanation of what vocal fry is for those who might not be familiar with the term? Yes, absolutely. So vocal fry is also known as glottal fry or pulse register. Um, It's that creaky vocal quality that you sometimes hear at the end of a phrase. Um, And it is perceived differently by different people, but it's most commonly found in young women. I wonder, I kind of tried and failed earlier to to do like a demonstration. (laughs) Dare I ask? I can give it a shot. Okay. Um, so, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly what I imagined. Okay, great. So you find mocha fry uh, most often in uh, young women. What is actually happening physiologically inside the body when someone engages in vocal fry? What's happening in our throats there? So in our throat, we have a structure called the larynx, um, also known as the voice box. And inside our voice box, which is sort of where your Adam's apple is, women have it too, but it's a little bit higher up and and smaller, are two muscular folds called the vocal folds or vocal cords. So usually when we're speaking, we have a fair amount of air coming from our lungs um, and going in between the two folds and making them vibrate. When we're a little bit more relaxed in those muscles and when we're pushing air a little bit more slowly through those um, folds, then you get a different type of vibration, which is much slower and it's a little bit less regular. And that's where you get that creaky vocal quality. That pop, that sort of popcorn sound. Okay. Uh, yeah. is, it, is, that, is, it, is that dangerous? Is it harmful if you, if you use vocal fry over the long period of time? Is it, is it bad See, that for was you? really good. You're getting Thanks. good. Well, I, 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 I echolalia, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I hear somebody else do it and, and I can do it, but it's hard for me to just kind of pull it out of thin air. Um, is it bad for us to do that with our voices? I uh, almost never. So if that is the only um, way that you speak throughout every utterance, it could potentially lead to a little bit of tissue damage Mm. over time, but that's very, very uncommon. Usually it's an actual symptom of something else going on, or uh, most frequently it's just a little bit of a habit that people dip into once in a while. And honestly, everybody of every demographic dips into it 
a tiny bit here and there. It's just a matter of how much we're using it and when. Perfect. That That's a great way to transition to sort of the next set of issues I want to talk to you about this. How does the use of vocal fry influence the way that people think about you? How, what, what, what are some of the perceptions or, or stereotypes that people have about people who use vocal fry? Yeah, so the way we communicate has a lot to do with how we're perceived. And um, people who use vocal fry, which, again, are, are uh, women 18 to 25 are the most common users of vocal fry, um, and about two-thirds of them use it extensively in their speech. Um, and typically it is seen as um, ditzy or, you know, less kind of active, less on-the-ball type mm -hmm. of persona. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes these people are seen as less um, capable, um, less competent by others. That is interesting. I mean, I, I, I definitely am aware that that dynamic exists, but I want to dial down exactly to where the, 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 the connect, like I'm trying to connect the dots between, you know, what's happening in my larynx and and the way that my boss thinks about me and my ability to do my job, I think yeah. that is so interesting. And I know that vocal fry is not, you know, just by itself. Upspeak is another speech pattern that I think mm -hmm. people use upspeak, and it, it 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 you know, for better for worse. I don't know. It is what it is. It makes you appear to be unserious. Talk about upspeak a little bit. Yeah. So upspeak is when you kind of go up at the end of a phrase. And it sounds a little bit like you're not sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this is also used more by women than by men, um, typically. And it does tend to give off an impression of not being sure of oneself or um, statements that are actual statements being seen as questions um, or being offered as questions. So it, it portray can portray a lack of confidence when really it oughtn't because that person is still saying statements and still conveying it, the right. same types of messages as anyone else. I think people, I said this a little bit earlier when I was kind of setting this up for our audience. I think people probably recognize upspeak and associate it with clueless. Uh, yeah. the, the Alicia Silverstone, because I think, I don't know, I was 12 years old or whatever when that movie came out, but I, I in my imagination, that was kind of the first time that that speech pattern uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of kind of hit the big time with this really popular yeah. movie that was, you know, an iconic film for people who are, you know, middle school and high school age at the time. So we we think about up speak and vocal fry and we associate it with the, the Valley Girl characters in that movie. Mm -hmm. In your view, has that had any meaningful impact on the way that we as a society judge people who use this? Is it because the first people that kind of broke into the national consciousness using these speech patterns were these ostensibly unserious teenage girls in Los Angeles? Yeah, um, I think it's a chicken or the egg type of question um, because, you know, of course, women and men are viewed differently by society and w women and men speak differently often according to their gender. Um, and... Another movie, now that you mentioned Clueless, that comes to mind is Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and in that 
movie, you know, the main character sort of overcomes the stereotypes and shows that, you know, her her mannerisms and her trappings of having a, you know, a scented resume and a pink, um, you know, wearing pink everything and, and all of that don't by any means diminish her capability as a lawyer. Um, so I think it's it's definitely something that's that's very interesting to try to tease apart whether it is, you know, the speech matters or if it's anything bigger than that. So both men and women uh, use these speech patterns, use both vocal fry and the upspeak. Um, do you you must find and we discussed this a little bit earlier that women tend to get criticized for it more often. Why yeah. is that in your view? Um, and it's okay if the answer is just sexism. I know you're. I hate to say I, sexism, you know. but yeah. I would, I would, I would say probably sexism. Um, I, I have seen studies that do show that women are women who use the same amount of vocal fry are perceived as less competent than men who use that same amount of vocal fry. Um, and so, you know, the, really the only remaining variable difference is the gender. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's really probably dependent on the the judge's preconceived notions. So a person who may already view women as more capable may not judge vocal fry as harshly. So we find then that people who use vocal fry, it impacts their ability to convey authority or credibility or professionalism in a professional setting. Is this is this a thing that that people Young women, I guess in particular, since they're they're kind of in the hot seat for it more than men, mm-hmm. is is this like do, do people treat this like an affliction? Like it's something that has to be overcome? Do they do they come to a speech language pathologist and say you got to help me with my vocal fry because I'm a doctor or I'm an attorney, but people won't take me seriously because of the way I talk? Yes, um, yeah. So so there is actually I, I was looking looking at this. There's. A, a vice reporter apparently sent his girlfriend to a speech pathologist because of her vocal fry. Um, the thing with, with our profession, speech therapy or speech pathology, is that we treat um, something that is a pathology, which means that it's a disorder um, and right. that it's different from a healthy um, or typical way of doing things. But we also do treat things that are simply preferences. So, for example, accent modification. If someone comes um, to this country from another country and has an accent, um, we would not, insurance wouldn't pay for us to, you know, quote unquote, fix that because it's not a problem. Um, But that person can still pay us to use our skills to help them develop skills to sound more American in their English. Um, so the same thing can happen for vocal fry. I personally probably would would end up just counseling the person that it's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you could argue that, you know, if that person would prefer to find tools to sound a different way in their speech, that's perfectly fine. Uh, voice quality. I, I did a little bit of research on this. I ended up at theconversation.com, which, you know, of course, has a picture of you know uh, one of the kardashians on there and it's all talking about how these uh, these speech patterns sometimes can be an identifier of tribal belonging and mm-hmm. that it, it actually is about uh empowerment 
does I'm uh, I'm not I can't read the entire article to you here, but does that sort of align with your understanding and experience so far that that young women may use this as a way to I don't know what's the right way to say it? maybe kind of like circle the wagons or uh, mm-hmm. you know identify themselves as part of a larger group? Uh, yeah, your thoughts? Absolutely, there are lots of aspects of communication that we do that with. Um, you know. If you're an Italian-American and tend to gesticulate more when you speak or if you have a certain dialect, um, you know, coming down to New Orleans from the north, I am, you know, typically kind of identified as somewhat of an outsider at times. Um, and so we, we use communication in way more ways than just conveying information. Um, we're identifying what group we're part of. We're building relationships and trust. We're um, doing all sorts of things. So absolutely the way that a person speaks can identify themselves as part of a group. And that's not always a bad thing. So if you're in an interview with, you know, someone who's of a different generation, a different gender, um, and has a different viewpoint, it's one thing. But if you're um, hanging out with your friends and you're part of your group and you're doing things in your group, you know, it can be seen as a positive. So, and I'm not, I'm not in that, <laughs> don't want to date myself, but I'm not in that Gen Z um, age group. But, um, you know, I have I have my own millennial sort of indicators. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> uh, a couple of texts on the Okadar Jewelers talking text liner coming in here. Here's one that says, hey, Ian, it's Jay. Didn't Elmer, Elmer Fudd speak with vocal fry? Is that what you call that? Did Elmer Fudd have vocal fry? Oh, gosh, I think I would have to... Th- uh, hear a sample. Of I think Elmer. so too. My 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 top line reaction is like yes, but then I think, well, what the hell does Elmer Fudd sound like? It's been kind of a long time since I've heard Elmer Fudd. Uh, here's a text that says um, the best way to speak is clearly. I always hated people who grind their voice. Well, the texture. This is kind of indicative of these uh, sort of biases that we might have about people who speak this way, right? We we mm-hmm. we, we think that they're not to be taken seriously, but. That's not that's not the case, as we have. Mm-hmm. So as we pointed out so far here today, here's a text that says, uh, please ask the speech therapist about Robert Kennedy's current voice and public perception. I <laughs> I don't have a, a sample handy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speaking on the campaign trail. But uh, in my kind of mind's eye, I can kind of hear what he sounds like a little bit. Are you familiar with his work enough to say whether or not he's using oh, vocal? Front? Yeah, no, I, I mostly read the news, um, but I. I, I will say that men do use vocal fry, but they do tend to be judged differently when they do. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I can't say that I can bring his voice to mind just off the top. That's all right. I'm sure people can go and find it for themselves. Anything else you want to let our audience know before I let you go, doctor? No, I think it's uh, it's just that, you know, vocal fry is by and large a habit. And so, you know, you can have your views on it, but... Um, I try not to hate people for it. Yeah, I think that's just right. Like, if you hate people for the way that they speak, that might say more about you than it does about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. We're all here to do. We're all here to do. But that's one thing I might uh, stop criticizing people for. Uh, Thank you so much for making time today, doctor. Nice to meet you. And I I see now why we got confused because Jordan... Uh, books Tommy Tucker's show, and he's the one who reached out to you. So I know Leslie, I everybody see. over there okay. probably assumed it was for yes, Tommy's show. But it's for it's <laughs> no problem. No apology necessary. I'm going to scream at Jordan later and send him an angry email. I'm just kidding. 
Just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> Rachel Fior is a speech-language pathologist at LSU Health New Orleans. Thank you so much, doctor. Go out and get some sunshine this beautiful day. Thank you so much. You too. All right. We'll be right back with more of your calls and comments on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. Give me a buzz. 504-260-1870. You want to react to anything you just heard from Dr. Fior? Or do you want to react to anything we talked about in the news bomb there? The South Carolina primary is over. Michigan is next. Haley's not dropping out. They're going to the border on Thursday. Might have a shutdown. Cats and dogs, people. Ian Hoken for Scoot. I'll be right back on WWL. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yeah, turn it up. <laughs> no matter where we're going, know where I came from. I'm fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still chanting from the block. Slaps. Jennifer Lopez is a force of nature, one of the best entertainers in the world. You remember her at the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Call me, remember? Vaguely. Man, well, I, yeah, I get it. Don't turn it down. I want to listen to this for a little bit longer. But hey, look, Jennifer Lopez is coming to New Orleans, man. We wanted you to be there. We want you to go. We're going to give you Jennifer Lopez tickets. She's doing the This Is Me Now tour, and she's coming to the Smoothie King Center on Friday, August 30th. You can register right now to win a pair of tickets at WWL.com slash contests with an S on the end. Contests. See J-Lo in concert. Compliments of Live Nation and WWL. On the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line, talking about vocal fry, here's a text that says, Obviously, upspeak definitely makes you think that you're not confident. It's like you're questioning it yourself. I didn't realize this was even a thing until she gave an example. Yeah, the texture is talking about upspeak, where everything is a question, even if it's just a statement. Like, you go into a Home Depot and you say, I need a bucket of nails, or... It's 70 degrees today. Like, those are statements, not questions, but they sound like it because you're using upspeak. The texture goes on to say, now, vocal fry makes you sound like Spicoli did <laughs> at Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Basically, you seem like you're not as competent as a person who doesn't speak like this. Vocal fry is the new Burnt Valley speech from the 80s to me. I also feel like they'd be less competent for men and women. Yeah, uh, so the Fast Time at uh, it's like, it's a guy. Just Spicoli. I'm not doing the Spicoli uh, imitation very well right now, but you get the point. You know, I always thought when it came to the up, thing, the, uh, the the up, the up, however they said, up speak. Yeah, up speak. It does sound like on the surface, like they're not sure of themselves about right. what they're saying. Uh-huh. But after speaking with certain people like that, I now believe that they're doing the, to kind of give you like a, a cushion between the information they're about to give you. Like they're kind of like saying. Hey, uh, is it all we have is Pepsi? They're not. They, they're not. Not confident of telling you that. They're trying to soften the blow of the information they give. You see, yes. you get what I'm saying? Yes, it is. It is a um, a, a, a conciliation, a, a sort of. A, a, it's an act of supplication, almost. You're saying yeah. like, I am lowering my status to you, on purpose, either because maybe, you know, welcome to Sam Goody. 
You know, it's <laughs> like, like even like, like, a place of business. Or, I don't know why the hell I picked out Sam Goody of all places. <laughs> but, well, because I used to work there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think maybe it's like a thing you can do in a customer service setting to make people feel like, you know, the customer is always right. Like, you're top dog in this conversation. Even though I'm the one, like, with the power, I'm going to speak in a certain way that makes you feel like you're in the driver's seat here. Yeah, exactly. Like, sort of like, yeah, we can't really do anything without the receipt. Uh, I wish we can help, but without the receipt, I'm totally much helpless. That would hit so much different. Now, say it again. Coleman, like, imagine that I've come in and I was like, I'm trying to return this lawnmower. I, I can't do nothing without the receipt, dude. I want to see the manager. You know what I'm saying? If you say, well, I can't do anything without the receipt. Exactly. Yeah, that's but, um, way better. The article you read about the, the tribalistic vocalizations, like some people use language to identify themselves to a certain sure. group. And then she reiterated that, uh, you know, some people uh, use language to share more than just information. It made me remember yeah. there were times in people's lives where they want to make a personal change, and one of the first things they do was change the way they speak, whether they were a stripper, then they got baptized, or whether they had some sort of spiritual enlightenment, or yeah. whether they came up financially, they want to sound more sophisticated. As soon as they made a conscious decision, hey, I want to make a change in my life, you start to see that they change the way they speak to kind of convey that that's the change that they're trying to make with their language. Exactly right, and it's not just the words that you use to construct your sentences right. it's the it's the way like the sort of texture with which you deliver those because you we sense intrinsically in our head without being need to without being need to be told that right. that the way that we speak we see it every time we have a conversation with somebody the the speech patterns that you use whether it's vocal fry or up speak or something else will elicit a different reaction in the person you're speaking to Exactly. This is fascinating stuff, man. All right, I'm going to give you two quick more text messages here. Here's one that says, The singer for ACDC ruined his voice and vocal cords singing and grinding his voice. Is this the same thing? Yeah, I always wondered how how these guys that do these real gravelly, you know, rock and roll voices, like, how do you do that for years and decades without just totally shooting your voice out? Yeah, was that Brian Johnson or was that the original singer? I think uh, they both did it. Oh, Angus okay. Young, right? Yeah. Was no, the... Angus Young's the guitarist. But I oh, think, okay. Yeah. No, obviously, yeah, with the Scott, hair. Scott, I think his name. Brian, mm. Byron Scott, was that the, lead, the one before Brian Johnson? I love Brian Johnson. That's Brian Adams, Brian. let's just say. Yeah, I've just, uh, Brian Adams was in ACDC, I've just decided. Uh, here's a text that says, like your guest, I too am an advanced healthcare professional and I have dated nurses, and I find it to be quite sexy when they use vocal fry because, to me, it gives a perception at times that they are critically thinking about analyzing something within their head due to delayed speech pattern and suggesting deep thought and analysis. Man, there's nothing hotter than thinking about a nurse who's, like, engaging in deep thought and analysis. I can see how that gets your motor running, my guy. We'll step away and come back with a few more texts before we hit the news at 3 o'clock. I'm Ian Hoke, sitting in for Scoot Coleman's on the ones and twos. We'll be with you all week. Scoot will be back on Monday. Hey, the causeway is reopened again. It was closed down northbound for a little while earlier, but I guess they got that all sorted out. We'll get our first traffic report at about seven minutes after the hour, so if you're on the move out there, Stay tuned, and you'll get all the latest. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot. Be right back. Is that vocal fry? No, I don't think so. No, that's all right. Hey, look, that's uh, Lauren Hill coming in late, as usual. Here's a text that says, regarding Robert Kennedy Jr.'s voice, he actually has a neurological condition called spasmodic dysphonia. His grandmother, Rose Kennedy, suffered from the same condition. Okay, I've got a couple cuts 
uh, of Robert F. Kennedy uh, announcing his presidential run last year. So we're going to play those after the news, and we will listen uh, to Robert Kennedy's spasmodic dysphonia. Wow. Okay. That and more. And then, of course, at uh, three o'clock, three twenty, we're going to talk to Steph Kaufman, who's a local candle maker. And she's the one that made those Taylor Swift candles that got everybody in Wisconsin so upset last week. So we're going to have her on the air to tell her side of the story and tell us about what she's doing next. It's an awesome story. Can't wait to share it with you. Be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 